So let's get under the glory tonight. Amen. And I'm so blessed because the Lord gave me some instructions last year about tonight and tomorrow and Saturday night. Which usually when the Lord tells me ahead of time like that, it's super special. Usually, because uh, then you get a lot of time to pray and set things in, into concrete. It's been one of the greatest joys in my life to help uh, other men find their way into uh, the pulpits. And, and I mean that with all sincerity. I believe it's part of my ministry. And about, oh, I don't know, seven years ago, it was a Wednesday night in this room. I got to hear a young man preach for the first time. First time for me to hear him. I stood in the back. I don't even think I was actually sitting in the service. I came in late. And I opened the door and this waft of anointing hit me in the face. And I thought, I know that anointing. And I've watched him. And it just gives me such joy because how long ago was it when you got filled with the Holy Ghost, Jay? 2009. Yeah, what a trip. What the Lord has done in your life. Can't really say he's my son in the Lord. He's kind of like a grandson. Can you have spiritual grandchildren? I don't know. <laughs> well, Jay, come up here. Kim's here too. Come up here, Kim. I just want to present you to the body. That in a, and, and I know they all know you. But tonight's a special night. Glory to God. We want to stretch your hands towards this couple. Um, I honestly, when the Lord told me, I honestly had the thought I would keep it secret until that night and spring it on you without any preparation. Then I thought that'd be cruel. It'd be something I'd do to Bob, but not you. <laughs> so he's been prepared. The Lord is a word for us tonight. But at the same time, I believe it's a ministry time for them as well. Lord, I lift up this precious family and even their children as well. Let the anointing of God rest on them as a crown of glory. We love them and we're ready to receive what you, Lord, have for us through them in Jesus' precious name. Amen. You turn that thing on and bless the people, my friend. Amen. <clears throat> oh, it's good to be here. So good to be here. It's good to see everybody here. You know, uh, Dale was telling me in the green room, you know, how surprised he was that the Lord told him to give his prime time sl a slot. <laughs> and I said, you were surprised. <laughs> I actually called Sydney. Sydney will verify. I'm not sure where he's at. And I was like, was he serious? Was he serious? I, you know, I was expecting to get another call and be like, yeah, you know, but I changed my mind. It's in the afternoon. <laughs> well, I didn't think he was, you know, just he'd move it around. It wouldn't stay in the evening, right? It's so good to be here. You know, the landmark, I was just 
uh, gone over uh, what the landmark means to Kim and I. Um, we wouldn't have made it without it. I don't believe it. You know, the first landmark that I came to after I was ordained, I remember telling Pat, yeah, one of the things I learned being a pastor is sheep bite. Another landmark I came to was, um, and, and you've got to understand that I'd fastened my faith on receiving something at the landmark. I'd come in here and I'd say, you know what, I'm going to get something out of the landmark. It was a landmark for my life. Yeah. I needed it. I needed it. And I was wet behind the ears. I, it, I was the definition of wet behind the ears. <laughs> you know how I know that? Because I got tossed in a pond and... Um, left to swim. <laughs> and every now and then I'd come up for air. <laughs> and uh, you know what that taught me though, is to be led by the Holy Spirit. And you know, Sidney and I talked a lot and he helped guide me and, Dale, and Brother Dale helped uh, guide me, but it's still, sometimes I felt so alone. And I needed this fellowship. So there was one year, uh, I was starting to tell the story about uh, uh, coming to uh, Dave Landis had it in Harrisburg. I had another. I did miss one landmark, and and this is my tenth year. And my wife approached me in May and said, uh, "You know, I think you should skip the landmark this year." And I turned around. I said, "Get behind me, <laughs> Satan!" <laughs> but you know, it was of God. I missed it. I called Pastor Sidney. I said, you know what? Uh, this, you know, sometimes it was the first thought for me, but I got to meditating on it, praying about it, and I'm like, you know, it, it does seem like maybe I won't be gone. So I called Pastor Sidney. I said, you know, I don't think I'm coming in this year. And uh, he's like, that confirms with my spirit that it's okay. And because uh, I, I thought I was sinning there for a bit. I mean, we went to the landmark. I don't care what happened. The third week in June is crossed off into infinity. <laughs> and beyond, yeah. The third week in June, that's the landmark. We, we don't negotiate. So I'm so thankful that, and I'm telling you these things because of what an amazing blessing it's been. I think I'm going to talk about that tonight on, on some, of the, some of the things. We need to be set up for success. We need to be set up to be able to fight the good fight. And if we're not set up properly, we lose before we even get into battle. You know, and I see Christians that charge into battle. You know, they got filled with the Holy Ghost, and you know, I was that way also. You know, I'd lay Scripture out in front of people. I'd prove it five different ways. And theologically, I was right on the money, and they'd just look at me and say, I had a person tell me this. Yeah, I, seen it, I see that it says that, but I don't believe that. So I found out that I need to be, I, I need to understand some people you don't always share everything with, right? So um, I'll tell you another story about uh, um, one of the landmarks when we went up to Harrisburg. I was crying out to the Lord. I think that was 2013. So I was ordained in 2011. Two years later, I'm crying out to the Lord. We had some things happen. It was unsettling and I'm just like, 
Oh, dear Lord, I need a word. I'm just not sure. I need a word. Don't tell the Lord those things. I need a word from God. I need somebody to lay hands on me and give me a word. Dear Lord, give me a word. Please, Lord, give me a word. That night he gave me a word. You remember that? I'll never forget it. Right after worship. Jay, get up here. Now, when I was expecting a word, I wanted it a little more private. (laughs) I didn't ask for that. I just said, give a word, right? And before God and everybody, I got my word. But that word sustained me. You know, I didn't like it. I wasn't so sure I liked the word after I got it because, you know, everybody heard it. But, you know, how many know that a lot of times things apply to you in a way that doesn't, other people don't realize. But you know what? That word sustained me. I had a, a, a lady in, in the recording booth uh, happened to pop in a CD and uh, just in case. And um, sure enough, she recorded it and I had that in my truck. And one of the part of what was said was uh, you are in the right place at the right time with the right people. And I remember John singing, going, everything's right. It's important that you're with the right people. And you're at the right place. Because then God can use you in a much larger role. I am so thankful that I am with the right people. You know, I feel a little bit like... um, you know, conferences, often the anointing increases as you go along from day to day. And uh, how I feel tonight is like the, the softball is on the tee. It, I've been set up. <laughs> In a good way. And I'm so thankful for Pastor Dale, Pastor Sidney, and, and the leaders here. Because I wouldn't be here without that anointing. I would not be here. I'm going to share a little bit tonight on some of the things that we've gone through in the first uh, nine, ten years. And um, it hasn't always been easy. I, I remember uh, uh, Pastor Dale coming up to me after the second year and said, well, you made it. I said, made what? Well, you're, you're, af- you're, you're past your two-year mark. And you had a stat, I don't remember what it was, 80-some percent or something like that of pastors quit in two years. I was like, wow, I hadn't really thought of quitting that bad. You know, there was times of temptation to quit. So um, let's open our Bibles to Second um, Timothy. I do remember the night Dale walked in the back. My knees quaked even more. I was not expecting him to be there. And uh, I think I was ministering to the youth that night, if I remember right. I think it was the youth. And then Dale and Terry come in and sit in the back, and I'm like, glory to God. Second Timothy. Well, told you the wrong scripture. First Timothy. First Timothy chapter 6. You know, Dale starts preaching about the spirit of victory Monday night. The spirit of victory. And I'm telling you right now, if you're in the right place with the right people, you will have the spirit of victory. 
See, if you're at the right place with the right people, you're going to be doing the right thing. Because if they're men of God, if the anointing is on them, they're also there to correct you, help you, guide you, uh, get you in a place. God will speak through other people a lot of times. He speaks through my wife all the time. I renamed the voice of the Lord. It is now called the sexy voice of God. There's a lot of times I don't always want to hear it. I'm going, ah, that grated. Like, ah, I don't like that, right? And then you go to praying about it, and I'm like, you know what? My wife's right. My wife's right. My wife's right. And I got one amen. <laughs> and it wasn't her. First <clears throat> Timothy chapter 6, verse 12. Fight the good fight of faith. See, the spirit of victory is in our lives because the faith fight is a good fight. You know, I remember um, complaining to God walking out on the back porch of our house. And I'm believe I don't even remember what I was standing in faith for, but I'm believing God with everything I had. And I'm complaining. And I'm telling the Lord, oh, how hard this is. And, you know, this faith walk business is just hard sometimes. And and I just, you know, I'm grumpy about this. And I'm walking back and forth. And the Lord just dropped right in my spirit. He says, it's easy. I said, easy? It sure isn't feeling easy to me. Well, if you go around it the wrong way, if you go at it the wrong way, it you're not in faith. I thought I was. I was trying. I was working hard. But it's a good faith fight. You know, the spirit of victory is vital for your faith walk. Sydney will remember this. We, um, for years there in Colorado, I liked the game of softball. I played a lot of softball. It was actually an idol in my life at one point. The very first weekend, Dale preached in Colorado. I was at a softball tournament except for one night. And that's when the power of God touched me. I love softball. And you know, that softball team, I learned, I, I applied some things spiritually, and uh, Sydney actually played with us at one point. But you know, we walked out on the ball field, and we had a spirit of victory. So as the team got better, we got some college players that add on, and we became a very good team. We'd go to different tournaments and play, and, and I remember this... Uh, this D-League team from, I don't know, Denver or Colorado Springs. They had all the correct outfits. And here we're this little ragtag team from Delta. And after the first inning, it was like 30 to nothing. And they're all looking at us going, who's this team? They hadn't seen us in the tournaments. Well, we walked out there with the spirit of victory because at, 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 you don't walk out thinking you're going to lose. You can't. And I remember learning that. I'm looking at the board, and I'm going, I knew the certain teams were really good, so I'm, I'm doing these mental gymnastics. Well, if they win and we win and then they lose or win here, and, you know, we're not in the same bracket because I didn't want to meet with a good team, right? I wanted to wait. And the best player in our team said, why? 
He looked at me, he's like, we're as good as they are. Why don't we play them first? Knock them out. Why don't we play them first? They lose, get, you know, because you, you often um, build momentum as you go along, right? And you, you play them first, knock them out of the tournament, and then he's like, then they have to come through the loser's bracket, and we got them. I remember sitting there for five minutes going, wow, I like that. We need to understand that it's a good faith fight. It's a good faith fight. Fight the good fight of faith. You know, the landmark to me a lot of times is a, um, uh, it helps me um, celebrate my victories. Celebrate my victories. It could be to celebrate your victories. But the victory doesn't happen here. Now, you might have some breakthrough. God might show you some things here. But the victory, uh, what you're going to deal with is the day-to-day life at home. Nobody's looking. I remember um, bawling and squalling on my couch. I'm sure none of you have done that. And um, I'm bawling and squalling on, on the couch. And, and, and uh, Pastor Bob, Prophet Bob was just there not too long ago. And, you know, he spoils it for everybody. It was so rich. It was so amazing. It was so good. And I'm just like, Lord, just, oh, it's just terrible. Just send Bob here. Why can't you send Bob here? I need help. And the Lord just dropped right in my spirit, clear as a bell. When are you going to grow up? I'm like, yeah, grow up. I guess maybe we ought to try that. <laughs> and I'm wiping the tears. But you know what? Fighting the good fight has helped me grow up in life. It, it, realizing it's a good fight, understanding it's a good fight, understanding that you ought to carry the spirit of victory helped me grow up in life. I would not be here tonight without growing up. And understanding that I was at the right place with the right people at the right time was an important understanding so that I could set myself up with success. Instead, a lot of Christians are running into battle helter-skelter with their equipment all in the wrong places. All in the wrong places. I remember where I found out my identity in Jesus. Now, there's layers of growth we can, but that was new to me. I didn't understand that. I, under, I remember when I got secure in my salvation. I, I remember when I began to realize that um, I, I have his righteousness and my, not my own. Thank you, Jesus, it's not because of me. Thank you, Jesus, it's not because of me. You wouldn't want me. My wife could tell you a lot of stories about me. Thank God the Holy Spirit sealed her lips. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. But learning to, uh, to fight the good fight of faith, let's keep reading here in verse 12, lay hold on eternal life, to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. The good fight of faith. You know, the good fight of faith 
it's going to lead you smack dab right into conflict. Well, it wouldn't be a fight. I mean, did you ever have a fight where there was no conflict? I, I mean, what fun is... Go back to soft playing softball. There was many times we I would drive from Aspen. We did a lot of work in Aspen, Colorado, and you know I'd drive three hours to a softball game. You know what was the most disappointing game? The one we won twenty to nothing. Because I just drove three hours to get back in time to play this game, and we all were batting left-handed in the second inning. Those weren't fun. You know what was the most fun? The one where it was back and forth, back and forth, and you were able to pull it out in the last inning and you or had the chance of hitting the game-winning home run or the single or whatever it took to win. That was the, that was the most fun. I, I got tired of winning 20 to nothing. I don't know about you. Maybe you just want to win. That's okay. But once you win a bunch... You want to win against good teams. You want, to, you want to win against something, obviously, that's winnable, and you have the tools to win, but that there was actually something you were designed for taking on some conflict in life. You know, God wouldn't have let you here. God wouldn't have had the design, the plan that he had for this earth, for people, for men, if, I mean, he could have made it that there's no conflict. He could have said, well, you know what, we'll just, we'll just, you know, we'll just live happily ever after, you know, we'll just create man and live happily ever after. No, he wanted people to choose to walk by faith. He wanted people to be able to choose um, to accept and receive the spirit of victory. The spirit of victory ought to be happening in your life. That's why I'm telling you it, it matters who you hang around with. It matters who you're plugged in with. The reason it matters who you plugged in with is I want victory. I want somebody I can go to and say, help me. Amen. I remember going out to breakfast with a person that didn't have a whole lot of pleasant things to say. I don't know if I, I didn't really like that particular bre breakfast. And um, he, he said some things and uh, spoke into my life that were unkind and, and, and were trying to rob my faith. You need somebody that you can get on the phone and say, preach to me. Preach to me. And I'm driving home and I'm, I'm crying. It hurt. It hurt. Somebody I loved. It hurt. And I was to be able to dial a phone number. And say, man, I'm trying to walk by faith. I know those things were untrue that were spoken into my life. Preach, brother. Preach to me. And Pastor Sidney let it rip. It helped me even get back, like, as I got home to be able to go before the Lord. I could barely get there. I needed somebody to help me. You know, when, you're, when you got a wound... It's nice to have a brother, sister, that you can put your arm or can put an arm around you, lift you up, and help you get back so that you can actually be in a place of victory. Then I watch uh, other friends of mine, and they flounder in left field, spirit-filled tongue talkers, and and it's like they make every wrong decision in the book. 
And, and you know, I asked the Lord, like, well, what's going on? Because they haven't understood the value of being with the right people at the right place at the right time. Because then you can fight the good fight of faith. I tell you what, when somebody, when, when faith, you can hear faith through the same words. Same words, but you can hear the spirit that's behind it. And, and I, know, I remember um, one of the criticisms I've got when I got spirit-filled and I began to preach faith and began to preach to anybody that listened to me, whether they wanted to or not. And um, I would preach, you know, just show scripture verse. And I was really, really um, passionate about this. And, and uh, they weren't nearly as happy uh, as I was. But one of the criticisms was, um, you know, that they would use against me was like, well, you're just saying that you're just going to live on a bed of roses. You know, the spirit of victory will give you that idea. But that doesn't mean you won't have something you're going to tussle with. Now, we understand we don't fight against flesh and blood, but against principality, powers, mights, and dominions. That's the prayer walk. We were t- uh, Pastor Dale was talking about prayer and, and the importance of prayer. I remember getting prophesied by Bob over, I mean, who hasn't um, in here? But, uh, you know, it was, it, it was, a, it was a powerful prophecy. And he, and he was telling me the little bits that I remember is how um, I'm going to d- develop a prayer life and walk in prayer and, and able to, to communicate to God. And that was new to me. Right? And I had to learn and grow in that. But that is so true. It's not the flesh. See, we've got to recognize right now, we're not in a war against the flesh with all the things that are happening in the earth right now. We're not at war at the flesh, but we're at war in the spirit. But we have something called the shield of faith. And just the other day, I was meditating on that, and people have even told me, they're like, man, all you, you just preach a lot of faith. I mean, is there anything else to preach about? Well, it hit me one day. I'm going, you know, the shield goes first. It's a problem if it doesn't. I sort of want my shield in front of me. (laughs) Just me personally, but I'd sort of like the shield in front of me so that I can come at them with other things behind it, right? And we know that the sword of the Spirit, what it's talking about here, is coming out of our mouth. But the but the but the spirit of victory, you know, even the Romans got the spirit of victory. What do I mean by that? They had what they called the golden eagle. Anybody ever hear how the Roman army conquered the world? And the golden eagle would rally the troops. Because they'd look to this earthly golden thing that they man made and they'd look at it and realize, well, that we're fighting for Rome. And so, you know, we're able to fight. If somebody can do that in the natural, then we have the landmark to be able to do that in the spiritual. So that we can get together with other people that think, believe like us. It matters. So that we can rally the troops, go home um, and get this world saved. A lot of times, Christians have all the problems. I don't know about you, but I don't like hanging out with them. It's not any fun listening to, I mean, I pastor, so um, you tend to hear that, right? And um, it's not a whole lot of fun. 
to constantly hear of the problems. What's happening in your life by faith? What are you believing for by faith? Fighting the good fight will drive you into conflict. But, oh, you have been equipped. You have been equipped with the correct things to make it through the conflict. If you take the authority that you're supposed to take, you've been set up to win. Every tool you have is, in, is, is at your disposal. It's there. It's ready to be used. The problem is a lot of us don't always use it. You know, Jesus, if you look at the three different, three different Gospels, the account of Jesus um, getting baptized, two, two of the places it says that he was led into the wilderness. One particular place, it says the Spirit drove him. So you need conflict to see where you're at. I like to work out, um, CrossFit workouts, different things like that. And, you know, I have tried to get in shape eating potato chips and sitting on the couch. It has yet to work for me. You need a little bit of pain. You need a little bit of something, resistance to come up against. It makes you a better person. You can't become a better person having a life of, well, you know, of ease. We weren't called to a life of ease. We were called to a life of victory. Now, victory means there has to be conflict. You know, and the other thing the Romans um, had understood, they, after they would conquer a certain city or region, they would have a victory parade. And they would uh, call it uh, a, tri a triumphal entry. And there's a difference between victory and triumph. See, the triumph is the celebration of victory. And, and they would bring them in and they would parade, you know, obviously this is in the flesh, but they would have this parade and the general would go first and they'd have him all decorated and then all the slaves would come down with their chains telling the people what they did. Sometimes we need to have a celebration of triumph in our life. That's how I view coming here to Landmark. It's a celebration of triumph in my life. Things I can celebrate with other people. You know, the first year I didn't get it. I'm crying to Pat. Sheep bite. I was pretty hurt. And Pat, I mean, he did his best to understand. <laughs> but you know, we're, we, can, we can rise above that. It's not about the person and what they did. It's about what I was becoming before Jesus. Of what I was, what God was doing in my heart. What God was doing for me. What God was moving and working in me. Because as He works in me, I get changed. That does not mean I've arrived, but I sure have left. <laughs> I sure have left. I sure have left. 
Well, let's look at, uh, I want to look at David's life. I want to show you a couple things in David's life that I think are pretty awesome. And, and, and um, um, how he served his God. Well, I think I lost my notes. <laughs> uh, thank you, Jesus. Uh, yeah. Let's go to First Samuel 17. You know, I, David just, David's story just doesn't get old. It doesn't get old. I tell you what, you get somebody that'll dance with all of his might and make his wife mad. <laughs> you gotta like him. <laughs> because he had no shame, he had no fear of any, even the person that should have been the closest to him, Right? He wasn't worried about them. He was dancing before the Lord. He was dancing before the Lord. And you just, I, I, you, you like, I like David. But he had some things that he went through that he had to learn. And you know, uh, I don't know about you, but when was the last time that a prophet called an anointing service and you weren't, you were part of the family, but never showed, your dad never told you. Got any other sons? Well, you know, now that you say, <laughs> you know, we got one that's back there taking care of the sheep, but we didn't think he was important. And uh, so, you know, um, but yeah, I can go get him if you want me to, right? That's how he was anointed. Well, then he's anointed. Now what? See, a lot of times when uh, uh, this week is about the call of God, and a lot of times we're searching for the call, then we get the call, and when we get the call, I, this happened to me, I thought it started that day. Well, let's get the show on the road, right? I'm willing. I'm willing. But David's not ready to be king. David wasn't ready to be king, but he was anointed to be king. That act had happened. The anointing had, was there. But he wasn't ready. And there was a time of preparation that David had to go through. And then we can fast forward to the amazing story of the giant. We're like, yeah, wouldn't that be cool? Yeah, five little smooth uh, stones. I don't, I'd have been running as fast as I could go. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I like history. But that part of history, I, I, I'm glad we're in the days of guns. I can at least <laughs> snipe them. <laughs> Blood, gore, and standing toe-to-toe, doesn't really interest me, right? And um, so we look at the story of David and we, we, we look, oh, wow, what a great victory. But we forget there was two other times he began his preparation. He didn't get to Goliath the first day. I watch people step out in faith. They, you know, it's not hard to be gung-ho about the faith walk the first day. Oh, we're going to believe God for healing. We're going to believe God for finances. And then Wednesday afternoon. Oh, no. This doesn't work. Been confessing. I'm not sure. I don't know if the word means what it says. It's not how you start, right? And I know there's people in here that are battle-hardened. That's part of the reason I like coming in here, here to the landmark because... Part of the spirit of victory is around people that have gone through a few things. 
You can't just rattle and shake them. Oh, I remember the story Dale, here I am telling a Dale story. Well, I did that for about eight, first eight years of my pastoring, so. (laughs) Except my children don't remember any of them. (laughs) But oh, thank God for my children. They decided, Mason, he decided he's not going to children's church because he wanted to listen to dad preach. Bless my heart. But you know, um, was it Deshner? Brother Deshner that stood, uh, was in the, the, the boat uh, going to the beach? No, no, it was his, he, Al Wine, Al Wine. And he was watching a battle-hardened veteran and how he acted and he copied him. You know, we need that in our lives. We need some people that have gone through a few things that we can learn from, understand some things, and then we, um, yeah, it's not a carbon copy, we're different, Right? Pastor Dale was talking about that. You're your own person, but you can do some of the same things that got them the victory. The Word works for you as well as it does for me. The successes I've had in victories can also be for you. See, a lot of people love testimonies. Some people fail the tests and only have monies. I didn't get that from Dale. (laughs) Well, I guess I'll let him. I didn't copyright that one. Since, well, he was using plagiarized sermons. I found out later, and I used his. I don't know what copies of copies are. (laughs) You know those fax machines we heard about earlier today? You know, you fax a few too many times, you can't read it. Well, thank God that does not happen to the Word of God does not happen to the Word of God. But we don't want just the monies. We want to get through the test. And some people have, oh, wow, Jay, that's such an amazing testimony. Yeah, but in the middle, it didn't feel so great. It didn't feel so great. I remember um, working in Aspen. Thank you, Jesus. Philippians 4.19. My God shall supply all your need according to His riches. Aren't you glad it's His riches? His riches in glory. It's not my riches, not somebody else's riches. It's His. And let me tell you, He got streets of gold. He's got a, uh, a pearl, gates of pearl. And uh, um, He's got a sapphire um, um, uh, footstool that he uses. It's amazing riches, amen? I remember when that verse became real. You know, you can hear all the preaching. You can hear all the sermons. But one day it got real. We're in Aspen and um, we had, uh, I had actually bought uh, Sydney's um, flooring business that he started in Colorado and we started doing a lot of work up in Aspen and we got, I prayed for, you know, these big, you know, God blesses you where you're at, right? So I, I prayed and asked the Lord for these big, ginormous jobs, and, and guess what I'd get? Big, ginormous jobs. And so we're working on a, uh, I don't know, probably about a $15, 16000000 million house, and we had the flooring contract, and this was the first time that we had the entire, we supplied the wood floor, which put us all in another category, 
what, what would happen is um, there would be a supplier that would supply the wood floor and then an install, installer and then a builder. And then it, a lot of times at the end of jobs, something went wrong, guess what happened? Everybody's pointing fingers at each other going, well, and then there's a glue manufacturer in there if, some, if there was a problem. So the, the, the uh, builder was like, we would like you to supply all the flooring. I'm like, glory to God, I'll do that. Well, halfway through the job, I wasn't so sure it was God, but <laughs> because they had one person to point the finger to. Buck stops with you. So we're looking at a, you know, a pretty big job, um, $100,000 flooring contract somewhere in there. I don't remember exactly. Um, I guess that one was a little less. And um, we installed the flooring, and we had a special type of finish, uh, a wax finish that we had buffed on a little sample piece. And we had found this wax finish in the back um, of our, you know, we hadn't used it in years. I'm not even sure where it came from. I think it came from a, a, another sample we had prepared years before and what was left over. So we got this um, colored wax out, and, and we put it on the sample. And, and sure enough, the, the, uh, we, we already had... A, an approved sample with a different finish that was already signed off said this is the finish we want we had purchased that finish shipped it to the job site and somewhere along the line we seen uh, or we decided to do this little wax finish to see if it works better and the interior designer happened to see it and she goes I want that I'm going well hmm that finish comes from Europe I'm not sure, you know, I, we'll see if we can get it. Well, we, it has to be that. It wasn't just I want it. has to be that finish. So um, called the supplier, and they're like, oh, well, you know, we don't actually have that in stock, and it's going to be X amount of months before we have it. Well, that's not going to work for a building schedule. So we need to come up with an alternative. So we uh, got some other finishes and mix and match till we finally found, sent samples to Europe and, and uh, what a mess. And finally got a finish that we thought was going to work. So we ordered it. First shipment of finish shows up and uh, was actually damaged. And we had to order it the second time. Unbelievable. Thank God for deliverance from flooring. And uh, <laughs> so we got the second uh, the batch out there. And, 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 and you know, now we're in a hurry. We're in time crunch. We've got to get going. We've got to get this done. So I had told them that I'd get it done by that, we, uh, that certain date. And so I did, uh, I'm going to keep my word, right? So we stayed up all night and we got this finish. And for whatever reason, we didn't do enough of test samples. And so we put on a coat of finish and went to bed. It was, I think we got done four in the morning, something like that. I get a phone call at about 7.30 and I'm like, hello. And, and um, Blake Hansen was the guy's name. He goes, hey, there's something wrong with this finish. It's the wrong color. I'm like, ah, oh, no, I'm like, we got to put two coats on. By the time we get the second coat on, it'll be, it'll be right. Okay, just don't look right. I'm just telling you. He was the uh, project manager. So if I got out there, I think it was about 10 o'clock, and I'm looking at this finish, and I'm going, wow, looked a lot better when it was dark. <laughs> um, 700 square feet we did. Um, how's this going to work? And so we started playing around, and we couldn't match the finish. $15 million house, can't match the finish. It's a problem. Well, right at that time, uh, Kim and I were going through um, 
you know, we're learning faith. I'm, I'm pastoring by that time, and we're trying to believe God as best we can, and we're asking God for uh, blessing our finances. We were in pretty rough shape at the time, and of course, that happens the very week that uh, we really needed the check from the builder, and the second this happened, the builder's like, well, I'm not releasing this check till this is fixed. Lord, we got a problem. It was a sizable check that we were waiting on for quite some time. So, um, what do you do? You better have people that have trained you, and you better know. You better be around the right people. It's crunch time. Here's the test of your patience. This is the test. So I remember getting up early, five in the morning, and I'd just open to the book of Psalms, and I'd just worship. I'd worship the Lord. I tell you what, that... Um, the the uh, room there at the motel. We had a motel right there in town. The the nobody'd be there, and I'd go down there and I would worship the Lord, worship the Lord. I, it was amazing. I'd have a good time, and uh, about seven o'clock, you'd okay, time to get to work, and so you go out to the job site, and the pressure of the job would just hit you when you walk in, and try to buckle you. So we did that a couple mornings, and uh, we eventually figured out we needed to strip the floor. Well, there was about six uh, people dressed in white <clears throat> that helped us. The problem is I wasn't so enthused with these white, dressed in white people. They weren't angels. <laughs> they were the painters, the painting crew, and every time they walked by, I just heard the money jingling from my pocket to theirs. Because I had to pay to get this done. And we had to get this fixed ASAP. So we're scrubbing the floor with steel brushes. In all kinds of concoctions of, of paint thinner, uh, acetone, you don't even want to know. Mass, it was torture. But you learn to worship God in the middle of torture. I mean, I don't know how I don't know how to fix it. I mean, not just, not only do I have to get the finish off, I don't know how to fix it. We don't have time to wait for another shipment from Europe. Well, who does know how to fix it? <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. God knows how to fix it. He knows how to change people's hearts. So uh, we're trying to come up with a fix. So um, I believe that that happened over the week. I actually went up. <laughs> uh, don't tell anybody. Don't tell any pastors. Um, Sunday night, I worked all night to get that finish on. It was wrong, so it was Monday morning. I preached, drove up there, and we put finish on. Sunday afternoon, late into the evening, into the night, got up Monday morning, and it was wrong. So now we took a day or two to figure out what we're going to do. So now it's Thursday. It was. A, did you know it was a Thursday? <laughs> I don't know what to do. I got up Thursday morning. I, well, I shouldn't say that. I knew what to do. I didn't know the answer, but I knew what to do. Thursday morning, I got up. We start the day with worship. You dance around that hotel uh, entryway and, and, and the little room there with a couple couches and a coffee maker over here, and you just have a good time before the Lord. 
7 o'clock comes, we go out to the job site, and I'm sitting there in the truck, and, and uh, we, ha- we had an appointment at 11 o'clock with the interior designer to make sure the finishes are right. And, and you know, the contractor's like, you're going to get this, right? Well, we're going to try. That didn't cut it. You're going to get this finish right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to get this finish right. I don't know how, but I'm going to get this finish right. I go out and make a couple samples. I, I can't take it anymore. The pressure is just on me. You want to... Th- uh, maybe you understand... I, I'm sure a lot of you understand this. Some of you may not. I'm talking pressure where you want to go and just vomit. You cannot eat. You want to just throw up. There's nothing to throw up. Fasting by default. (laughs) So I go back out to the truck. And I'm sitting in the truck. And that morning I had read Philippians 4.19. My God. My God. My God will supply all my needs. And yes, here was a need. Felt big. My God will supply all your need. It's actually what Paul said, but I changed it to my need. Holy Spirit started to tell me, write it out. So I just took out a tablet and I started writing, My God shall supply all my need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Jesus is going to manifest in a way that's going to supply my need. And I'd write, I wrote it out and wrote it out and just wrote it line by line. Tears started to come. The anointing of God comes into that truck. And it felt like he held me. Now, I didn't know any more than I knew before. Just the peace of God. It's there. Tangible. The anointing is there. It's tangible. I, I think I got down to the bottom of the page 15th time, 20th time. I don't, I'm not sure how many times I wrote it. But I know it was one page. And I got to the bottom and I'm like, I got it. I got it. I got it. But I know nothing more than I knew f- 10 minutes before. <laughs> but I got it. Yeah. I have the answer. Yeah, now the, the, the samples were in there drying, Right? getting ready for the 11 o'clock appointment with the interior designer. Interior designer shows up. So I get out of my truck. <laughs> it's now or never. Here we go. We walk in. And, uh, you know, a bunch of small talk and how you doing? Great. <laughs> I'm doing great. She didn't really even really know there was that much of a problem. The builder hadn't told her all the story. So we go to the first sample. 
you know, well, I got it. So she's going to say, oh, this is exactly what I want, right? That's not what I'm looking for. Well, we got two more. We're good, right? We're good. <laughs> Go to the second sample. We had done it several, several different rooms. We had done different layers on it. It looked different, looked different in the, in the light. You know, nah, nah, nah. She don't like the second one. Too plastic. It's too plastic. Looks fake. We had to hand brush that floor. Wasn't a whole lot of fakeness going on. <laughs> too plastic. I don't like how it looks in the sun. Okay, well, by now the builder, he's looking at me. Now, my wife can guide you with her eye. Brow. <laughs> and uh, she can lift one eyebrow, and I know what it means. Well, this is what, I don't remember if he had both eyebrows up or one eyebrow, but he's looking at me with the look. Like we're down to strike three. Okay? You better have this, I mean, she better like this third sample. I mean, I, could, I knew what he's saying. My God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory. And oh, they're rich. We go to the third sample. I don't like it. <laughs> it's not what I'm looking for. It's too plastic. It looks fake. If he had if the builder had one eyebrow the first time, he does have two eyebrows this time. <laughs> and he's drilling holes into me. I'm just quiet. I'm quiet. I'm not agreeing with her. I'm not being obstinate with her. I'm just quiet. My God shall supply all my need. You got to remember, we needed groceries. Kim couldn't go to the store the few days before because we hadn't received the check. I was supposed to pick up the check Monday. Now they're holding the check. She couldn't go get groceries. And I'm battling with the thoughts of, boy, you're a poor provider, blah, 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 you know, still needing to get this over to my God shall supply Well, she didn't like the third sample. I was quiet. I just let her talk. And uh, I'll never forget this. She takes two steps backwards. She's looking, and what we had done is we had made a sample sort of out in the middle of the floor, but the rest of the floor was exposed with our hand brush that we had taken the finish off. Right? And she takes two steps backwards and she goes, What do you guys do to this? Um, that's hand brushed. 
She's like, I like this. I like this. I really, this is what they want. They want this hand-brushed floor. They want this. And I kid you not, this come out of my spirit. I said, that's not in the budget. Well, I don't care. I want this. <laughs> I want this hand-brushed look. It looks authentic. It looks real. It looks the way I want it. I don't like that dark stuff. I don't like that plastic stuff. I want a real floor. It's not in the budget. I look at Blake. I said, it's not in the budget. Oh, well, we'll just do a change order. They paid me to hand brush that floor. They paid me. <laughs> Sounds unbelievable to me. <laughs> and I was there. They paid me. And remember, we only did 700 square feet. There was 3,500 more square foot in the house and they paid me to hand brush every square inch of that house. And I walked away with a $20,000 miracle. My God. <laughs> my God. I don't know what miracle you need tonight. He is your God. My God that provided that miracle for me will supply your need. And aren't you glad is according to his riches? I could have quit the faith fight. See now Jay, he thinks it's going to end there. How many know that God's such a God of abundance? And when I say a $20,000 miracle... They paid me to do the rest of the floor, and they also paid the painter. Remember, I had a problem with the six men in white? Well, they just paid him directly, and I didn't have to pay them. And it ended up being a total of $20,000 victory. Well, I think, wow, what an amazing testimony. Right? That's awesome. It's amazing. But it didn't stop there. didn't stop there. See, God doesn't just stop with one miracle. He likes miracles. <laughs> he doesn't just stop with one of your miracles. He'll continue. But see, if you continue the good faith fight, first of all, we have to renew our mind that it is good. It's good. <laughs> it's, it's good. The song that's the way maker Miracle worker. Promise keeper. Oh, that's been a special song to me. Even when you can't feel it, he's working. Even when you can't see it, he's working. Even when it, you, your goosebumps don't have goosebumps, he's working. You know, a lot of times we come into services. I've, I've heard Dale say this, and, and I see it, and, and I want to make sure I don't ever do this. 
But you come into a service and you're just testing the wind to see if the Holy Spirit's there. Well, it's not very anointed. Well, apparently it's you're the one that it's not anointed to, right? right? You can change that, that anointing. If you want an anointed service, have an anointed service. Well, I don't know, that pastor isn't very anointed like the other pastor. Well, maybe you're the problem. <laughs> Unlimited. Unlimited. I was complaining to God one day about people coming, certain couple that came, and they just sucked off the anointing. I mean, they, you just siphoned it. And I'm just grumbling. I'm like, dear Lord, why, you know, why can't they just you know, submit? And I was grumbling, and finally the Lord just spoke to me and said, the anointing's unlimited. Oh, well, I suppose it is. <laughs> if somebody's sucking it out of you, so what? Right? Go get refilled, recharged, refreshed, and let them suck it out of you again. It doesn't matter. I'm a vessel. Thank you, Jesus. No, God wasn't done with that testimony. Remember the interior designer? She now thought we were her best friend. She liked us. You're like, man, you do beautiful work. Probably about a year later, I about forgot about her. I get building plans in the mail. A house in Florida for, I think it was, I figured it out, it was like 8,000 square foot of flooring. That was just the wood floor. There was tile and other stuff. That was just the wood floor. Carpet. Um, we want you to bid this project. I'm like, well, how do you get my number? I don't know. Christine Church said, you're, gonna, you're the ones to bid this. I'm like, okay. So usually they have three or four different builders bidding it, right? And Okay, I'll, I'll bid it. And, uh, well, we're not going to come and install it because it's too far away. Oh, well, we're, you are going to supply the flooring because you're the only ones that can get the correct finish. I was like, I'd never seen such easy money. <laughs> 8,000 square feet. So we ordered barnwood. And, and at, by that time, we had got into a place of actually the problem with the first floors, there was really not a lot of finish on it because we had hand brushed most of it off. So it wasn't very protected. So we actually developed a finish that we could put on so that it is protected and looks the same. So by that time, that's what we ended up doing. They ordered the flooring from us, and so I sent the bid in. Didn't hear anything from them for another six months. And one day I get a check in the mail. It's the biggest check I ever had, ever seen. <laughs> I'm like, and that was just for half the contract. And they're like, we are ordering the floor. So I'm like, okay. Um, my banker will like me. <laughs> and then it hit me. God didn't stop with just one miracle. He goes on to the second one. 
He is so, 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 so good to me. There was a time I couldn't tell you that story because I didn't have it. And I'd listen to Dale's stories. Oh, man. Wish we'd have, oh, I wish I'd have funny stories to tell. I wish I'd have stories for everybody to, to hear, like, oh, dear Lord, give me stories. <laughs> Be careful what you pray for. <laughs> I did actually pray that. <laughs> well, you know, I'd, it's nice to have a story to go with the sermon. Thank you, Jesus. You know, we didn't get to David. I'm going to ask him to help me. Is that okay, honey? And um, there's a song that, that she plays that so anointed. I weep and cry every time I hear it. I think tonight there's people here that need to hear it. Maybe you gave up the good faith fight. Maybe you decided, I don't know, I'm just done, I'm wore out. Monday night, Dale says, it's going to be a week of refreshing. Tonight is a night of refreshment for you. If you've given up fighting the good faith fight, or maybe you're just like, man, I've been standing for so long. Or maybe you're like, I don't know if I'm in the right place with the right people. And I'd like to get with the right people at the right place. I'm going to ask you to come up. I'd like to pray with you. I want Kim to minister the song first. And you can come up, stand up here if it's you. If you're wore out, if you're tired, if you just if you need refreshment, if you need a fresh infilling, I know some, a lot of us here have already received it, but I think tonight there's some people that it's hit home. God's a miracle worker. You know, for six, seven years, I didn't have a whole lot of stories. But because of his goodness and because I had the sense, I, I, sometimes I'd pinch myself wondering where I got it. Except that every landmark, it got hammered into me. Be with the right people. Surround yourself with the people that God has put you with. I know for a fact there's people not here tonight that should be here. Their ministry started here. 
they just leave. See, the enemy is going to try to get you to quit the fight. He's going to try to lie to you and say, man, it's a hard fight. We got to bring the spirit of victory because it's a good fight. I stepped onto that softball field. I didn't think about losing. I was thinking how bad we're going to whoop the other team. And we were disappointed sometimes. We thought we had a really good team we are playing, and then we 20 run them. Some people called us cocky. But it's called confidence. I'm talking about something in the flesh on that side, but what God wants you to have is confidence in the Spirit. Because if He did that miracle for me, He can do financial miracles for you. He can do healing miracles for you. You can continue and adjust your thinking and understand it's a good fight. It's a good fight. It's a good fight. Anybody that wants to come up for prayer, now's your opportunity. Maybe you've decided or wanted to give up. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> You're just beginning to step into what God has. He has so much more. Thank you, Jesus. You haven't given up yet. You can't quit. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, thank you that you can, the washing of your spirit refreshment of your spirit flow over Dale in a fresh and new way let him drink deep, deep thank you Jesus the care and the toil the hard work behind the scenes sometimes goes unnoticed and unknown the labor in prayer the labor of, of what you have for your people. Sometimes is we think it doesn't do any good. Father, I thank you for a faithful man. And I, th- I see the vision of him. What was it, 87 years old? 87 and <laughs> preaching the word. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. We worship you. 
We worship you. Keep on, can you keep on playing? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. We worship you. We worship you. Thank you, Father. Father, I thank you. I thank you for this sister. Father, she's, her heart is to follow you, Lord. And I thank you that the opportunity, refreshing, refreshment, deliverance is here. Deliverance is here. Now in the name of Jesus complete freedom father her passion to serve you will continue to increase more and more in Jesus name in Jesus name thank you father thank you father thank you father thank you father we worship you thank you Jesus Oh, thank you, Father. Father, your refreshing spirit is always new. Your mercies are new every day. Father, I thank you that it can wash over Alicia in a fresh way, in a great way, in a powerful way, in a way that she hasn't seen, that she can receive your fire like she hasn't known or seen yet. It will increase it will continue uh, more and more, not only to her, but her husband and her children in a great manifested way in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, your anointing is unlimited, and I thank you tonight that it is unlimited. It can flow through your goodness is unlimited. It is ever increasing. Thank you, Jesus. Fresh revelation. Yes. Let your goodness, Father, your word says your goodness leads to repentance. It's your goodness that leads us to a deeper walk with you. And I thank you, Father, that your goodness can continue to wash over these people. That your goodness can continue to become so real to them that they realize that your goodness is amazing. That, Father, your, your, your anointing. It's going to bring fresh fire to each one as I lay hands on them. They will go home and they will see that there is a time of refreshment in the Spirit. And miracles can happen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Jen, you want to come up here? Thank you, Jesus. I do not have the mic. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Isaac, life isn't always good, but God always is. Yes. His favor is on yes. you, Isaac. Because he spoke to me about you early this morning. Thank you, Jesus. 
He showed me that you have a specific call of God on your life. Yes. That I saw you going overseas. I saw you preaching the good news of the gospel Ooh, of Jesus thank you, Christ. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm not telling you what capacity your or office your your the call is, but that's what I saw. The same call that's on your father. Yes. Yes. And what the enemy has tried to disrupt, what the enemy has tried to steal, we will not permit. It will not be stolen. Thank you, Jesus. So Isaac, I'm asking you, I'm I'm tonight is a night for you to consecrate, for you to drive a stake deep in your heart. This is a landmark in your life, a turning point, a mark in your life you'll always remember that you will purpose in your heart no matter what hurts come your way. No matter what pulls on you, no matter what push comes on you. No matter the fiery dart the enemy throws at you that you choose Jesus. Yes, that you Jesus. choose to believe yes, and that you choose to walk in his ways. <laughs> Only be strong and very courageous for I am with you and I've always been with you, Isaac. I have never forsaken you, Isaac. I have been there in your darkest night. I have been right there all along and you've overcome much and I'm pleased with you mm. thank you Jesus I love you Isaac with an everlasting love thank you mm. Isaac Father, I ask you to heal his heart in a fresh way. Be healed in Jesus' name. Be healed in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Fresh, fresh anointing, refreshing, refreshment, refreshment. Oh, the water is so cool. It is refreshing. It is wet. <laughs> what a revelation. Water is wet. It's wetter than it's ever been. Thank you, Jesus. You can get into the deep end of the pool and swim in the river of God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Refreshing. Refreshment. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Refreshing. Father, I thank you for your refreshing washing of your Holy Spirit, of your word over, that, over these precious people. 
Oh, thank you, Father. You're refreshing. Oh, your Holy Spirit, not only is it refreshing, but it'll also bring fire. And Father, I'm asking for your fire to enter into these young. I know their hearts, and I know that they want more. That your holy fire can come upon them in a new way. And the chaff is burned. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. What do you want from Jesus? My God, my God shall supply your need. Woo! My God, the same God that brought a miracle financially for us can bring the miracle you need for your daughter. In the name of Jesus. Thank you. Father, I ask there's generations being changed. And Father, sometimes we don't see it, but it's happening in this lady's life right now. She's put a stake in the ground and said, yes, some things may have run in the family, but they stop here. In Jesus' name, it stops here and the blood of Jesus goes forward into my children and my children's children for a thousand generations. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Ooh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Refreshing, refreshing spirit. It's not toilsome. It's not hard. It's refreshment. It's refreshing. The spirit of the Lord, the good fight. We can look to Jesus. It's just like those Roman soldiers carried that eagle. We carry Jesus. And we can look there and see the spirit of victory in Jesus. Jesus. 
in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for how you've used this man in intercession and prayer. (coughs) But Father, you told me you're not done with him. So I'm asking for a fresh, fresh, fresh wave of your spirit. A refreshing that he has not experienced yet. Wash over him. In the name of Jesus. experienced some things that not everybody experiences and the Lord sees that (laughs) and that testing that trial of patience that you've gone through is only to set you up for something even bigger Oh, thank you, Jesus, that the love that you've expressed to your family, the love of Jesus that's flown through you is only going to increase to a greater dimension and reach more people. And just like Paul said, I was a poured out vessel. You're going to be able to say the same thing and it's going to be joy, joy, joy all the way through because it's a good fight. It's a good fight. It's a good fight. Woo! Oh, thank you, Jesus. You get to win. Thank you, Jesus. pizza. I don't think I did. Um, Something, it's not real strong, but there's something that I feel that you've wanted to give up numerous times. Father, I want to be accurate. Oh, 
Father, it's your anointing, not mine. It's your word, not mine. It's your prophecy, not mine. I believe Katie here has something, you have something for her that she may not even understand or realize yet. But Father, it's going to develop in her spirit. There's going to be a desire for more of you. There's going to be a stirring up of some giftings in Katie to a greater degree than she has so far. And I honor you and give you the glory because you're the one that will stir it up. And I'm asking tonight to stir it up in a new, fresh way. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you. What do you want from God? <laughs> well, you came to the right place. You're hanging out with the right people. You're hanging out with the right people. I don't know about you, but I like to be on the softball team that goes out going, we're going to win. We're winners. The spirit of victory is in this house. And you can receive that spirit. And Father, I'm asking that you impart the spirit of victory in a fresh way that she can be refreshed and renewed like never before. That it can wash over her in an amazing way. In Jesus' name, the goodness of God. God, we need a miracle. Woo! We're at the right place. You can be very glad. You said niece, right? You can be very glad you got family that brought you here. You come here regularly? Sure. Glory to God. Well, I, I shared that story. That financial miracle. The same God. It's the same God. It's the same Holy Spirit. It's the same miracles. In 
the name of Jesus, we command that bleeding to stop in Jesus' name. Bleeding, we speak to you, stop. And Father, we're asking for a, uh, a miracle that it, there is 100% complete healing in her body. In Jesus' name. Be healed. Be healed. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Hmm. I got one thing that I want to tell everybody before I turn it over to Pastor. Kim's going to play that song two more nights. And that anointing's going to get stronger. Get people here. People that need it, need to come. It's the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Come on up, Bob. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Come on up and stand with me. We can look at his notes. <laughs> See what he didn't talk about. <laughs> How are they? Can uh, we use them? Yeah, we keep praying, Bob. Keep praying. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I told, uh, oh, there he is. I told Bob. <laughs> I said we'd do it tonight or tomorrow or the next night, but I just I just felt like well I'd do it tonight. I saw uh, Jay and Sydney standing up here together, so I'd like you to do that right now. I don't know what Bob's gonna do. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> You're going to love them? All right, it's a commandment. Um, I'm going to speak out of my spirit. And at some point then, it may be that I'll step into a prophetic utterance. But to start with, I'm just simply speaking out of my spirit what I see and know and there is a difference but I've never been privileged to see God reproduce himself in the way that he has in the two of you 
because when I look at you, I don't see the beauty in the birth of discipleship as an individual, but as, as the two of you. What I see when I look at you is what I see in me and Bob. And it's rare, I think, in the kingdom of God. I remember when I was younger, I had read about it in other men's lives. You know, the Apostle Paul had, I think, in one accounting, over 22 groupings or teams in his life. Team ministry isn't a modern fad word. It, it's biblical. The problem is it can be in the flesh. Generally, that's when you'll really see fist fights and shouting matches and kingdoms being pulled down and one more important than the other. There is a natural relationship between you two, which is great. We have a natural friendship. But there is a spiritual relationship. And you have to have faith to discern the difference. And that one is more important than the natural and if you'll respect that there's something in it where I see it in the scripture something that if it hadn't been there David never would have been king smell like real leaders because that's who I have my hands around men that have been tested and proven men that have gone through fire men that have been twisted and turned inside out and right side up and upside down back up on their feet not just once numerous times the pressures the struggles the obstacles that the enemy has set up to stop that which God has put together to separate the conquer but no devil in hell could stop what God has joined together. The same way with a holy union that we understand 
is the holy covenant of marriage. The covenant one man and one woman have together with the Lord Jesus Christ in a threefold cord. We understand that God joins ministry gifts together, but He joins hearts together, and souls are united with the depth of a friendship that the mind cannot understand or even comprehend at times. A depth of love that only the Holy Spirit can deposit. A place of unity in the process of intercession, of prayer, of sensitivity to the needs of each other. Understanding that there's no space there's no distance in the spirit of the spirit of unity that rests upon this man on my right and this man on my left I thank you father for the power of agreement that we have right here in the name of Jesus Christ underneath the apostolic anointing of Armada I thank you father as I stand with my arms around them in the name of Jesus Christ that that which you place, the ministry gift upon each one of these men, these are your sons, Father. These are the joint heirs with the Lord Jesus Christ. These are the ones that you have united together with your heart, with your purpose, with your call, that your will has become very clear and plain to them to some dimension. But right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, I speak by the prophetic voice of the Lord Jesus Christ, and I thank you right now for the expansion of the vision that's already placed within the hearts of both of them. I thank you, Father, that, that what used to look big will become small, and that which looks small in the eyes of others, that you will use them to expand even the eyesight, the ability to see, to hear, to know, and to understand in the hearts of multitude, multi, mul multitudes of people. The ministry gifts that have been joined together by, by, by union, by the Holy Spirit, and the uniting of that spirit of unity that rests upon them, as that anointing out of Psalm 133 went down from the head, went down to the paps, went down all over the skirt, went down. But that place that it started with the anointing upon the heads, I thank you for that anointing right now, rushing down the top of these men's hearts, these men's lives in the name of Jesus, over their household, over their families, over their babies, and over the babies that will come in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, over the spiritual babies that will be multiplied in the kingdom of God in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I stand in unity with them because they're in unity with you and they're in unity together and no devil in hell will ever stop what you put together in the name of Jesus. Every weapon that has been formed against them in any style, any form, I break its power right now over their lives. Any limitation that has held them back from flowing in the gifts of the Spirit, from flowing in the supernatural, from flowing in that which is available to them by the power of the resurrected Christ, that the same Spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ, who was raised from the dead, lives and abides in the inside of them, and no, as hell could not keep Him, it will 
will not keep these men in the name of Jesus and all that is called forth in their hearts and in their lives and what they set their hearts in unity for, I give you praise that it shall come to pass in the name of Jesus. What I see as clear as day is up until this point in ministry, as the Lord has had a path for you that was unique and for each of you. Uh, personally, on my part, I couldn't be where I am today, stepping out into whatever it is I'm stepping into, but what you all took your place simply could not have happened and you sacrificed and brought your family here at, at the call of the Lord blame me if you want but it was the Lord and you rose up and you held why? because the body's why we're here and you, you love the sheep But now there's an advancement for both of you that's irrespective. It's not disconnected, but it's irrespective of me or Bob or others. And what I see as plain as day is it won't happen if you don't step into the supernatural relationship that Bob and I have. As Terry mentioned it just the other day, it's been rather, I don't know, call it remarkable or comical. But we've come and gone seven, eight, ten times, different parts of the world. But God always would bring us back with the right time and the right place. And over and over it was supernatural. God would whisper to my heart, Bob needs to go and serve and rescue Bruce Latibue in the church. Turn around. Lord's already told him. I'm getting ready to move my family to Russia. And church in West Virginia doesn't have a pastor, and I'm responsible. God tells Bob, move to West Virginia, take care. It's not the flesh. It could look like it, but you have to have the faith to step out in the supernatural just as you would step out in the supernatural to preach, just as you would step out in the supernatural to give a prophetic word, just as you would step out in the supernatural to lay hands on the sick, just as you would step out in the spirit to cast out an evil spirit, there is something that God has mandated and you have to walk in it by faith. And it'll take you to countries you've never been. It'll put you in front of people that you've never seen. And it, and it works between the two of you. And just as when Bob's around, my anointing changes, the same will happen to you. You've got that capacity to see an example that I saw. You know, I gave the example of finding the bus stop. You've had an example in front of you, and I know you've wanted it. You've laughed about it. But now you're responsible for it. And what Bob and I want you to do make us look insignificant by the fruit 
and the abundance and the conquering that takes place. Amen? you agree with that? Did I, did I describe it right? Yeah. Hallelujah. There's not a thing I wouldn't do for this man. Glory. I said, I said with my mouth one day in the pulpit, I believe he was in Titusville. <laughs> and I didn't conjure this up because there's I don't say stupid stuff like this because I know I'm accountable for my words, all right. It's dangerous. And I said I'd take a bullet for him. Spirit, uh, in the, yeah, I know you would, and I and I I realized what I said, and I felt I, I I could just the tangible love of Jesus Christ that He put in my heart for Him, for the ministry He's called to, for His household, His family, His, his all of them in the church, just everything. It wasn't just Him. <laughs> That my love went beyond that. It wasn't. It wasn't natural. It's because you share in that anointing yeah. and in that fruit, like I share it in yours. Yeah. It's just. Uh, it's. Uh, it's. I. You know. I can't write it on paper. You guys know I'm not that educated. But what I'm saying is, it, it's just. It's an amazing thing, and I see it in you guys' life. I just. You know. I, I'm going to give this mic back to him, but I, I want you to know how very, very proud I am of both of you. I can't say that enough. And I hope that comes out to where you see that it's not just words, it's not lips service. I am proud to be a part of your lives to some degree. Be a part of you. But what we see now is natural. Because I'm telling you there's a spiritual edge to it that you're going to... Once you taste it, you'll understand it. Bob treated my boys like they were his boys. They all three got married. They didn't want me to perform the wedding. They wanted Bob. When his kids ran into marital problems, boy, he hauled them to our house. And we, had, we, had a, we had a new wedding service right in the living room. There's just, it's just a mix. Sweetheart, you want to say anything? What's that? No, you can't make it happen. But you don't want to miss it when it does. You want to know what it is. You want to respect it. And walk in it because... Practice the love walk. Because there will be opportunities where you want to kill him. I see you're keeping count. <laughs> when I said I'll take a bullet, it'll probably be <laughs> But if one can put a thousand to flight, two can put ten thousand to flight. 
And there's just simply places you're not going to take your wife. There's simply hardships where you ought not. That's a part of it. Endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. I don't know, I can go on all night, but I just feel like there's just a drip or two that's not out yet. Let's stand up and just lift our hands and I'll reverence the Lord. Yes, Lord, thank you. Lester Summerall had such a relationship with a man of God from England. And it's important because he always told one aspect of that relationship that helped me with Bob and I'm sure Bob with me. It's the supernatural side. He walked into this elder man of God's hotel room after a meeting and found himself prophesying to this guy. Howard Carter took out his diary and had him read it and Lester Summerall had just verbatim quoted from the diary and he immediately then was a confirmation because in that was a declaration that Lester was going to serve and follow this man all over the world the next day Lester went back to that same hotel and Howard Carter had checked out and left town without a forwarding address. He didn't have a phone number, didn't have a mail address. Lester went out on the street, started crying, said, Lord, I lost my man. And the Lord said, I, he, and Lester prayed, said, where is he? And the Lord said, well, he's somewhere in the world, started to bottom and worked to the top. Lester knew the bottom of the world's Australia. So he got a ticket to California. He got a ticket on a boat and he took off to Australia. At the word of the Lord. Landed on the dock in Australia. And there's a man waiting for him. Said, Howard Carter told me to wait for you here. Took him off to the church. Now what is that? That's what you want. Is the supernatural not the natural and sometimes it's hard because you do love him because there is natural friendships thank God for that but you've got to have the faith to see in the spirit and to be able to speak what you see in the spirit Father in the name of Jesus we bless you for this tonight this holy thing of God for this sermon that just blessed my soul and I want more tomorrow night. We're going to fill this house with hungry hearts. We thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, one way we love God, let's do it on another evening. Maybe, Pop, it, if that's all right. Super. Thank you, Pop. I just know we've kept the folks and we've got something holy here we'll just leave it there amen one way we love God loving one another. by loving one another what's that by loving one another
<laughs> Are we ready tonight? Are you in love with Jesus tonight? Anyone in here loves Jesus? Yeah. Amen. If you love the Lord, let's stand to our feet. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for... <laughs> Is anybody sitting? <laughs> Did y'all know there's a step here? I didn't know there was a step here. Yeah, I found out last night, though. Praise the Lord. See, you can, you can do things in the Spirit and turn into the flesh real fast. <laughs> I heard Brother Hagin say one time, there was a fellow like, like what I was doing worshiping with his eye closed. And he walked out on something like that. And he just walked out on the air and then turned around and walked right back. And the whole congregation saw it. Well, that didn't happen last night, but it happened once. <laughs> Father, in the name of Jesus, we bless you tonight for your presence, your grace, your mercy, your power. We've come to worship. We've come to praise. We've come to lift up the name of the Lord. We've come to honor the Ancient of Days. And we're here tonight, Lord. And we thank you, Holy Ghost, to make yourself manifest in this house tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Father, for the fellowship of the saints. Hallelujah. Thank you for the love of God. Thank you for the joy of the Lord. Thank you for the rich, rich word of God. Thank you, Lord, for my wife. Thank you for air conditioning. <laughs> Hot showers, high-speed internet, and a comfortable bed. Hallelujah. <laughs> Oh, the Lord's good. Hallelujah. You know, the Bible says, the Apostle Paul, he said, I wanted to feed you with meat, but I couldn't. I had to feed you with milk because you weren't able to bear it. But I'm telling you tonight, the pastor fed us with meat. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor Sid and Jen, for a wonderful feast and all those that helped. I, I know Larry and Kay are staying at the, the Rops house, and Larry was staying. It's just been torture having to smell that waft up in through the windows. He's glad it's over. Boy, that was good eatings. Amen. I'm telling you, I don't know how the sermons could ever compare with the, the natural food sometimes. Tomorrow night, uh, no, it's it Saturday, Saturday night. Saturday night, we have a special meal also. None, uh, none of the church family will be preparing it, but what's happening is, uh, as many of you know, uh, the, the building we also share with the Ethiopian church, Pastor Demica, and on Saturday, they're doing a uh, fundraiser with Ethiopian cuisine. Yeah. 
Now, I'm not sure how it's going to work with uh, it'll be an offering basis, I'm sure. We'll find out more about that tomorrow. We'll share with you. But Saturday, we're going to have Ethiopian. Glory to God. Amen. Travel around the world without leaving home. Amen. Hallelujah. Lord, help me. Praise God. Well, let's see. Let's uh, prepare to receive the evening offering. And uh, what a blessing last night was. I just like to bless people. And a young lady got blessed last night. And I want to personally thank everybody that was here because when I saw the Lord just, you know, giving her an offering, I had no idea the response. And I stood here wanting to cry because I think everybody in this whole room came forward and blessed that young lady. And it really touched my heart. So I want to thank you. And I know she's blessed. And, uh, and the point of it, too, is, is I was thinking about that, is, and I know you know this, but it's always interesting to me, is that when we do that, we're giving to Jesus. You know, someone says, well, what's the money going to be used for? As, they, as though they're going to report to the IRS. You know, well, we gave it to Jesus, and, and we obeyed the Lord. And uh, I just like to do that all the time, and I hope you carry that spirit with you wherever you go. I learned a long time ago, um, when I started going on the mission field, one of the hardest things was to leave my children. And uh, so the Lord dealt with my wife, too. It was hard to leave my wife. <laughs> Boy, that was a preacher mistake. Who was it? You wanted a blooper. There it was. Yeah. But... Uh, you know, honest to God, I wouldn't even look at the pictures because I'd cry. Some people, they take the pictures out and put them up on, you know, I had a, traveled with this other missionary, and he pulls a picture out and puts it up in the hotel room and all this stuff, and like he's building a shrine or something. I think, man, if I did that, I'd be teary-eyed all day long. I got to hide them in my wallet, and I know they're there, but I got to, I'm going home. And, and uh, but the Lord dealt with me. He said, uh, I'll take care of your kids if you take care of mine. And I asked the Lord about that, and he said, whenever you see a, a pastor's child or a, especially a missionary's child, you just, you just make sure they're okay. And uh, I always liked to do that and went out of the way to do that and figured it's always good to sow where your heart is, you know, where the Lord directs you. And I had so many testimonies over the years. I was talking to a kid on the Internet just recently. I had actually forgotten about him. About six years ago, he came through Kiev, and... Uh, I met him through some political things and found out he was a pastor's son. He was doing an internship. He didn't have any money. He was kind of strung, strung out on a couple nickels and stuff. Ended up taking him to a real good meal and filling his belly and sticking money in his hands. You know, the Pentecostal handshake, even though he's Presbyterian. <laughs> but, that, you know, that's something about the, those Baptists and Presbyterians. They like the Pentecostal handshake. <laughs> It's non-denominational when it, actually it is, they prefer denominations actually, you know, 50s and 100s, yeah. <laughs> and uh, he wrote me on uh, LinkedIn, he's doing well and actually got a job in Washington, D.C. And praise the Lord, it's good to take care of people. I encourage you to, to continue to walk in love and do that. Some of you, I know you take, you take what I say and you act on it, it really blesses me. I hear stories, you know. 
Well, Pastor, I heard you say how, how you go to the gas station and go over and swipe some lady's uh, uh, fuel before she gets a chance to and help her fill up the, you know, the gas. And that's just fun, isn't it? Yeah. Be a blessing to people. Amen. Well, we're going to be a blessing tonight, and we always appreciate it sowing into Armada. We've got bills, and we want to be a blessing to our speakers, and want to be a blessing to the church here. We appreciate uh, uh, Pastor Sid and Jen letting us use their home for a whole week. And we're believing for bigger things. Amen. We might need some more space and grass and, and, and blue sky, but we're believing God for next year for, for a step up and... Uh, We'll let you know more about that as we get along, but uh, it's good. I don't know, y'all want to do our motto landmark again? Yeah! <laughs> That'll be 33 next year. Hard to believe, isn't it? Amen. Well, you're you ready to give. If you're making out a check, make it to our motto. If you're giving in cash, our wonderful ushers are in the aisle and usherette. And uh, raise your hand, I'll give you an envelope. And... Uh, Again, if you're giving by credit card, you just put the card in there and we'll, we'll pray over it and believe God. And... Hallelujah. Ah, oh, the Lord's good. Appreciate those of you that put your faith together with us for the uh, step up with our accounting system, with the QuickBooks Enterprise Edition Online Edition, so you can log in from anywhere. It's uh, $3,000 a year. And uh, we put that out as a faith challenge and met it right away. Well, that's exciting. Praise God. And uh, can't say I do that too much, but sometimes the Lord directs. It's fun to do things together, isn't it? Yeah. Amen. Amen. And I think the Lord will, will bless you. I know he will. And we'll, we'll go on for even some greater things. You ready to give? Yes. Let's pray over this offering. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that as we sow out of our faith... Not out of our numbers, but out of our faith, like the woman. Lord, we release faith or great things in the kingdom of God. That these seeds sown, that people will be saved, healed, set free, and delivered by the power of the word of God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. The ushers will wait upon the people, and the people will be obedient unto the Lord. Amen. We'll wait a minute here while they're receiving the offering, and then, children, you're free to go from uh, fifth grade and down to nursery. And uh, what a blessing that we've got children's ministry, but also what a blessing that our young people refuse to go down. They, <laughs> some of them, they want to hear the word of the Lord. Amen. Terry and I learned that years and years ago. Um, we were blessed in the church in Titusville, as you've heard me talk about it, with uh, an outbreak of revival that went 16 weeks. And uh, we had a guest speaker who was a singer, Janie Grine, and her husband was the teacher, Bill Grine. And we had him scheduled for three days, and uh, Bill was ill. So I got a phone call from Janie. She said, you know, Pastor, I think we may not be able to come because Bill can't come. I could come and sing, but we wouldn't have any teaching. And I know you advertised it, you know, for three days of teaching. And Bill was a great teacher. Bill's in heaven now. And uh, she said, but, you know, I could come and sing, but, you know, Bill wouldn't be there to teach. And I said, well, you can teach. She'd never taught before. She preached her first sermon in our church. 
And uh, so she came in and taught those, those three, three messages. Actually, she taught two, and then Sunday morning, so that'd be three. And then we went to lunch Sunday afternoon. We had a Sunday evening meeting. And uh, I just couldn't handle it. Something was wrong. I didn't know what I was doing wrong. The messages were great, but I didn't, it just didn't seem like it was finished. And all of a sudden, she looked at me, and she said, we're not done yet, are we? And I said, no. She said, what do you want to do, Pastor? I said, I want to glorify the Lord. What do you want to do? You want to stay? She said, yeah, I'll stay. Stayed 16 weeks. Almost. Almost. She was in and out a few times. It's incredible. But what we learn in that is you get the kids under the anointing. <sighs> Saved our children's lives. I remember seeing little Zachary coming. He, 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 uh, he opted to go to the revival instead of Little League. And he was a left-handed pitcher and had, I forget how many strikeouts the year before. And he just wanted to be under the glory. And he's never been the same since. Praise the Lord. 